0: Today's guest is Dan Lisabotsky, the VP of AI at Data Monsters, a key NVIDIA partner for AI development and implementation. Dan has a wide ranging career across management consulting, finance, manufacturing, and incubating startups. In today's conversation, we'll dive into the early days of Data Monsters, incubating AI companies, and bottlenecks in AI development. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to dive into your background. Hey, Jake, that's a great pleasure to be with you today on this call and podcast. All right. Well, Dan, the very first question I have for you is, you've had a really wide-ranging career across management, consulting, finance, and manufacturing. What were the earliest introductions to you to the world of AI? That's a great question. Actually, my first experience
1: with AI was back in my university, where I used some kind of map to solve mostly optimization problems and management, kind of logistics and district manufacturing operations. At that time, we never called those methods AI, but currently, so they are actually a part of this broader discipline. I realized that maybe somewhere, maybe in 2016, 17, so where when I was analyzing my personal story of what kind of projects I've done before, so I realized that this area for currently this moment for two decades right so and that's amazing and that was kind of very interesting rebranding in the middle where we've got this ai hype so in like around 2000 maybe 15 16 so there was a big hype around chatbots, if you remember when facebook introduced their api and features so you could create first chatbots on Facebook. And there were a lot of discussions around that. So a lot of people tried to do something based on that. Yes, and we've seen a lot of attention at that moment. And I would say that maybe that moment was um, a really nice push for this rebranding in AI. But you understand, so those methods are known for ages. So most of them. So we see that some changes in technology, we see new ways how you're going to organize neural networks, new really cool GPUs and hardware where you
0: can compute all this stuff. But the math itself is pretty all the same. You remove the veil and realize it's math and statistics at its core. That's true, yeah. Looking at data monsters then, over the past 10 years or so, the companies work with hundreds of customers to implement and develop AI. Could you share more about how the company was founded? So, the company was founded in 2009 in Palo Alto, California.
1: And the first client was actually Cisco. And the team developed products for them to manage fleets of network devices. Currently, there are actually multiple platforms for doing that, like the whole industry of IoT, Microsoft. Has it's all IoT platform, right? At that time, that was something completely new. So how are you going to organize fleets of devices, manage them, like thousands of devices at the same time? That was uh, really, really interesting because the client was huge and the challenge was very interesting at the beginning. So that was a very challenging task at the beginning for a small team of developers, right? And scientists to do that. But that was the success, and we've got many thanks for that, and the application was named like one of the best applications of the year at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were happy with that, and we continued this journey down the road. So we keep that going. Interestingly, so half of our clients are actually large companies, and half of them are Very small ones, like startups. Most small companies are just startups that are trying to disrupt the different markets. So on the cutting edge of AI. As long as it goes, nothing changes in this regard. So now we have the same portfolio, like 50% of big customers, leaders of the market, like Fortune 500 companies. And 50% of our clients are like small companies that are very well funded from venture capital and they develop some cutting edge technologies and bring them to the market. So that's how it goes and nothing changes in this regard. We are happy to be on both ends because they kind of balance each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we see how those startups, they just inspire big companies to move faster. That's what's happened with NVIDIA, right? So they came with their technology and they came with their vision. And they inspired so many industries to move forward. Like what we did in healthcare, right? So that's amazing. In manufacturing, like in many other industries. So they came with their vision, how AI can be used there with their use cases. They showed that that can work. And now we see a lot of implementation. So that's exactly what we do. So we come with those ideas and kind of vision. At the beginning was a vision that technologies can be implemented, not just technologies, but I would say science can be very practical. The science can be very useful in real industries. And that was at the beginning of the company that led to the decision to create the company and find those customers. And that's something that brings us success.
0: You mentioned all the work with startups that you do and related to your work at Data Monsters is also your role at the AI incubator. I'm wondering with the incubator there, what's generally been your process to identify new ideas worth chasing and what does the vetting process look like? That's a
1: good question, right? So especially in the AI space, there are so many use cases that may look and feel like nice and you may want to do them, but on the practical side of things, you may see that the value is not there. So you don't actually create anything, just something for fun For the AI incubator, so we filter out only those projects with real value. One of the main criteria is that the value is there and economics is there and building a product, building some kind of system will help somebody like to create new value or maybe cut costs somewhere depending on the model. But still, everything starts with that. If that's just for fun, so we don't do that in the AI incubator.
0: When a company comes to you with an interest in developing AI tech, applying it to a particular business problem that they have. Do you ever come across companies that aren't ready to work with you? They might be too early or not have a certain skill set to really apply things? So that's
1: all different. I would say that it's never black and white. It's always gray. In terms that nobody is already 100% And nobody's not ready 100%. (laughs) So when consultants are talking about that, that they call it the maturity level of the company, some companies may be very immature. So at the beginning of this AI journey, they're just exploring and they're trying to understand what kind of AI technologies they can implement. Some of them are trying to do something. So they maybe started a few POCs. They've chosen like three, five, 10 ideas. So they maybe appointed some kind of champions right, and some teams, maybe they found some contractors or some vendors for technologies, and they started doing something. And then there is a big trap because after just POCs, so specifically with AI, you may get in this trap where you're not happy because what is different with AI was when you compare the traditional IT project, like software development project, when you develop some digital product, for example. And AI products, so the difference is that when you develop kind of UI or user experience, that's pretty simple and straightforward. So you can predict everything down the road. But when you're implementing AI, sometimes that's unpredictable. So you don't know whether you'll get certain accuracy or not until you try. So you have to try, then you get results, and then you understand, okay, I'm here, so my accuracy is like 80%. And then you can improve. Or you may decide, okay, that's not enough. I'm going to stop. it. And that's different. A lot of companies run into this problem. So they see something that doesn't look cool. So they just stop some projects because of that. So they're not ready to move forward. But it's all about data. It's all about retraining. Yes, you have to continue maybe trying different models. You have to collect some data, make a few iterations, and you'll be there. At the same time, we see some cases that are crazy. I mean, like self-driving cars. So some companies invested, I would say billions maybe at the moment to make this happen, and they're still not there. Why is that? Because this is so complex. You cannot collect all the data sets in the world. You cannot predict all the situations, all the corner cases. So there is a special term like corner cases, right? It's like meeting a deer at night in rain or snow somewhere. You have to get all this covered with AI. So you need all these data sets and you need all this training to be yeah. so So that, that's the problem that some cases are so complex. You need such big data sets, such big investments that it's really hard to get to the point. But at the same time, there are so many simple use cases where you get some value immediately. So that's amazing.
0: With all the different types of technology out there. This past year, we've seen an explosion in different AI companies and solution providers who are all sort of vying for the attention from companies there. Do you generally have a framework you recommend on how companies evaluate AI tech with? What would go in that checklist of things to be aware of any pitfalls? That's a great question.
1: We have a very special framework for evaluating those kind of projects. And we developed our own technology that is actually described in a few articles on our website, on our blog. So you can go there. There is actually the whole book where with several chapters that will help you develop an AI system or AI product. If you wish, you can go there and that's free. You can just go and read and use our methodology. It's pretty close to... AI questions, with IT questions, I would say, when you're going to develop some IT system, but you have some specific questions, like questions about data. So what will be input? What should be output? What should be the accuracy? And what are the metrics? How are you going to measure the results? Are you successful with this project or not? And that's really hard. As I mentioned before, it's really hard to understand what you're going to measure sometimes and what are the criteria of success. Will, like... 80% 80% of accuracy will be enough for your business case or 80 or 90% or should it be 99%. So that's a good question. Those questions should be answered by mostly the business people because they typically allocate budgets and their expectations should be correct. And this kind of very complex, and I would say, situation where there is the reality where AI is not perfect and it can be mistaken with something. And there are decision makers who would like to have it like 100% perfect. So you have to find a way how those two different worlds can work together and bring some values. This is also can be organized. You can do that to having like humans in the loop, people who will just back up your AI system when something goes wrong. So you just have people who check those decisions after AI and if they're okay, so they goes into implementation. So there are ways how you can tackle that if you know how to do that. And that's all about the methodology.
0: Looking more broadly, I'm at 2023, it definitely seemed to be the year of NVIDIA when everyone realized just how important GPUs and AI hardware is. Looking outside of just access to GPUs, do you think there are any other major bottlenecks in the AI development lifecycle right now that people aren't paying enough attention to? I would say knowledge,
1: understanding how you're going to use this powerful technology changing your products or processes. What I see is that people do not really understand how it works and they do not understand all the complexities and hardships it can bring. And without that, you cannot design something that will be like real, working, bringing value and safe enough. Currently, we see a lot of situations where somebody is trying to do something with a JGPT or similar technologies, right? And we see a lot of failures. Like when those chatbots or technologies, they return some crazy answers, speaking from corporations and everybody like spreads the crazy news as news about some failures, AI fails. But that's not about that AI fails, it's about knowledge. How do you understand the technology? How you can engineer the right technology that will be safe and that will bring value? I would say that the last year was amazing from this perspective. So we've got these crazily cool features that are pretty close to human intelligence. And having that, you should actually redesign all the existing IT systems. You can take any European system or any CRM system. So there was a person, some architect who designed that. And when he was designing this system, he was thinking that, okay, so I have humans, users, and they can do this, that, and that. And I have machines, and they can do this, this, and that. And the design of all this system, so it was based on this understanding. Everything shifted. So now we understand that machines can do much more than they could do before that. And that means that you have to redesign all this European, serum and like whatever systems, ECM systems, what do you have? Because you can shift all their features in the way that machines will do much more and people will do totally different things. So the whole paradigm's changed. So the whole basis for all those amazing, nice systems like SAP, Oracle, Salesforce, whatever you have, so all these systems should be redesigned based on new understanding what can be done with machines and what can be done with humans in the new world in 2024. And that will take a few years until everybody will understand that. And this knowledge is crucial because all those architects, all those software engineers, all those UX designers who design all the systems like practical interactions with people, they should understand the new world and redesign everything
0: from scratch. Along those lines of redesigning and re-architecting, What's been the impact of AI in your own operations and how you exist as a company? What are some of the ways that you've had to re-architect your processes or are
1: planning to? We use it a lot. As long as we're in consulting software development and this space, so actually all our processes can be improved using LLMs, like starting with marketing, sales, understanding our own service portfolio and our products. Product delivery, like HR, like talent management, like finance. I can take any function. Legal, and we use it everywhere and people are happy. And so we move much faster than we did two years ago because of that. So I would say that we are at least 30 to maybe fifty in some processes, to 50% faster in operations than we did two years ago.
0: The very last question I have for you, Dan, is related to that one is, so any consulting company is only worth the weight of all their people combined there. And so especially as the talent landscape for AI gets so competitive, what are some of the ways that you make Data Monsters a great place for AI talent to work in? We have very unique
1: culture, I would say. It combines few things few values first of all, is bringing value to our customers, right? So we don't do like something fun. Maybe sometimes that's cool, but we always want to deliver something that will create some new products or features, some value to like users all over mm-hmm. the world. And when people are involved in those kind of processes and projects, they feel themselves very valuable because they're the part of this bigger picture and they can be valuable for bigger systems. So, this is the first part. The second part is that we value sustainability and we are part of the global movement around ESG goals as well. So, we take care about technology and we develop technologies and we feel that this is important because we can make this planet in some kind better, right? So, that's what we do. And this is the second thing that's important. So at the same time, we keep this culture of creativity. We give a lot of space for self-improvement. Anybody can come with their ideas what process like or project can be improved. So it's all open. We always discuss. We do a lot of analytics based on something we did before. So it's like a space where you can develop. As a person, as a professional, you can grow You can touch different projects. You can touch different technologies on the cutting edge. So it's not like implementing some old school things, but you have to be always on the cutting edge. And we are working with NVIDIA in early access programs. So we have to be there and we test their products and technologies as well, right? So they give us access. And those guys on our team, they have access and they influence because they test it, they learn it, and then they come with their feedback. And when this happens, NVIDIA is also happy because they get feedback from early engineers, early users, and they can improve their product. So we feel that there is some part of our intellect and feedback within NVIDIA products as well. That also keeps engineers happy because, like, you understand that engineers are the guys. You can write a lot of code without any effect at the same time when you write some few lines of code and everybody uses that. And then the time that's kind of cool. You love it. So that's why I would say that Data Monsters is the great place to work.
0: Thank you so much for sharing about your world. And I know I'm really excited to see what you and your team create this coming year. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a great pleasure to discuss it. This podcast is brought to you by H10. Part about advanced technology that never changes is the need for the right people to design, build, and manage it. H10 offers just that with an on-demand talented management service that covers all aspects of engineering, program management, and AI. Trusted by over 400 companies, including half of the Fortune 10, H10 is here to help lighten your load and make you the hero.